I believe what God is asking of us. In fact, I know because he's asked of me, there is a, there is like a, a presence of honesty in this place. When we partner with God's presence, he leads us to a place where we truly can be honest with him. And if we're willing to be honest with him, it's amazing how God empowers us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. His power. He empowers us to truly be honest with ourselves. I don't know about you. I, I try to make it a very good habit of telling people the truth. But you know, the person that I lie to most often is myself. I try to tell myself these things. And bottom line is I am sometimes misleading myself. In this place this morning, God is present. And in his presence, we have the freedom and the power to be very honest with ourselves. And so God is saying this morning, hey, Scott, and you fill in your name in the blank. Hey, you have the freedom and the power to be honest, not only with yourself, but with me too. Okay. So in this place, we've written it on the walls. Last Sunday, I talked about the, the, the vision of this place, Hope City. We're talking about why are we here as a church? Like, why do a couple hundred people gather in this place under the banner of Hope City in the name of Jesus? Why are we here? Last Sunday, I talked about this. We are here to partner with the presence of God. It's going to appear on the screen. We are partnering with the presence of God. And we talked a lot about partnering. You can go back last week and you watch the sermon. You can go back to December 15th and you can watch the sermon on that. We talk a lot about partnering with God in this place. Today, I want to focus on one of the words that is in that vision statement. And it is the word impact. Why do we partner with the presence of God? It is to impact everyone for the kingdom of God. God is power, okay? We cannot partner with God. We cannot join with God in what he has designed for us to be and to take part in and not carry with us his presence, but also an impact. I want you just write down your notes, just to write that word down, maybe in your Bible here at Acts 1, maybe on your phone, impact. And I want us to look through as we spend time with God, not only this morning, but as this week, like, God, what are you and I, what are you and I in partnering, what are you and I impacting in our life? Like my daily walk. See, impact has the word act in it. Impact is going to have some kind of action involved with it. God did not send his only begotten son to only save us. He sent his son Jesus to save our souls. He's promised eternity in heaven with him. But if that was the only point, you and I would have immediately been taken to eternity with him if he only came to save our souls. He has left you here. Whether you feel encouraged, whether you feel worthy, whether you feel usable, whether you feel justified, you have been left here 
filled and saved soul to make an impact everywhere you and God go. That's it. You have been designed. You've been loved. You've been saved. You've been chosen because of Jesus. You've been justified. You've been redeemed. And we can use all of those words that we've been using in church for years. But the fact is that you have been left here. You've been called and chosen at this time and space to make an impact wherever your foot touches. And we'll end this time by this morning by telling a very impactful event that happened in my life that came because my wife and God partnered together. And it not only impacted my life and her life, it probably saved my life, it impacted not only us two, but it impacted our four children who had not even been born yet. God's left us here. We're sitting here today in God's presence. We're going to leave this place and we're going to have a Monday and we're asked by God, hey, Scott, do you want to partner with me? Because I've got an adventure and I want you in my presence to have a powerful impact tomorrow. That is a privilege. The same book that said these important words, and we've known them for as long as we've been Christians and maybe even before. The same book that said, hey, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know that, right? The same book says this in Acts chapter one. The same book says, hey guys, talking to the disciples, he said, I need you guys to go back to Jerusalem. I need you to almost like regroup and I need you to do something very important. I need you to stay in Jerusalem until I give you the Holy Spirit. See, I'm gonna talk about God's power a lot here this morning over the next 30 minutes. And when I say God's power, I'm not just talking about a lowercase p power. I am talking about a person and his name is God, the Holy Spirit. So much so and so important that God through his son Jesus said, hey guys, go back and regroup. Stay in Jerusalem and do not leave until I send you the Holy Spirit. And you can see this here in Acts chapter one. It's in around verse uh, four. You can look at it. But down in verse eight, he says this. He says, but there you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now this is in the past. This is history. This has already happened. Hey church, whether you know this or not, we are living on the other side of this promise. God has already given us his presence and his power. And when I say power, I am talking about God, the Holy Spirit. He said, you wait there in Jerusalem. Don't you dare leave. Don't you go do a bunch of good things. Don't you go through a bunch of rituals. Don't you go out there on your own strength. He says, you wait there until the Holy Spirit comes because when he comes, he's going to give you, Scott, a power that will impact everywhere you go. Now, you're gonna spend a lot more time with God this week than you are with us here at Hope City. 
I want you to go through the New Testament. You start wherever you want to start and you read maybe Matthew or Luke or John or Mark and you read about these guys called the disciples. And you're going to read stories about a guy by the name of Peter who before God's power came on his life, the dude was making all kinds of mistakes. You go read this for yourself. He was scared. He wasn't confident. He was wishy-washy. He didn't know if he wanted to follow Jesus or if he wanted to go follow his dad as fisherman or whatever. He had no idea almost which direction to go. But as soon as the Holy Spirit, God's power came on him, everything changed. That dude was so sold out for impacting the world in Jesus' name that he gave his life for it. Hey, church, we should be the most powerful entity on the face of this earth. Hey, church, we should be more powerful than Amazon. I'm being serious. That's not a joke. Amazon is not driven by the Holy Spirit. We should be more. I know a lot of you guys love Disney World, but we should be more powerful than Disney World. They're driven by a mouse. We're driven by the Holy Spirit of God. Seriously, it's not even funny. And what we've done as a church, the bride of Christ, who has not only the presence of God, but the power of God given to us, longing to partner with us every single breath. Guys, we have just been satisfied with existing for a couple hours on a Sunday morning once a week. Guys, everywhere our feet touch, we should be impacting. God's called us to be impactful people. He didn't call us just to be good. He didn't just call us to be disciplined. He didn't just call us to be nice. He didn't just call us to be people of routine. He said, no, I am going to give you God, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes upon you, you're going to receive power. I've had to do some searching and some soul searching and some actual inventory of my own life. And I hope that maybe some of us can leave here and we can take some inventory. Like, man, it's my Christian life because of Jesus saving my soul and redeeming me to God and God giving me the Holy Spirit. Is my life truly making a kingdom impact? Can I just be honest? The reason we're having a national championship watch party here tomorrow night is not for a football game. It's so that you and I can maybe get together or you and some other brother or some other sister and we can actually sharpen each other's iron. So we can come together and I can learn a little bit about your story. And if you've got some time, maybe you can learn about mine. And once you hear what God is doing in my life and I hear what God is doing in your life, I leave encouraged. Because you're going to hear me tell a story at the very end of this teaching about my wife. I lied to her. I wasn't who she thought I was. I was a scoundrel. She had every right in the world to go see a lawyer, but she went to the Lord. All right? We've got to come together and understand that together with God's presence, you and I get to make an impact on the community around us. That's what we get. I love this. 
I'm going to look at Acts chapter 3 just for a few minutes this morning. And in the back of your head, I want you to see this scripture. This is going to be on the screen. I want you to see this scripture. And it comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. And in the fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians, the 20th verse says that the kingdom of God is not of talk, but of what? Hey, God, what does that mean to us? Listen to this again. It's just flat out there, Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not of talk, but of power. What does that mean to us, God? Let's get this down on an individual basis. God, what does that mean for me? Why are you telling us, God, that this kingdom that is invading this earth, the one that you reside in in heaven, it's not a bunch of talk. It is a bunch of power. I wrote this down in my notes and you write it down. I've had more time to be thinking about it. You're just hearing about this this morning. But I truly believe what he is saying there is that when you and I partner with God in faith, When you and I partner with God, believing that God is who he says he is. When you and I partner with God in faith, impactful things happen. So let's take some time this week and let's just take an inventory of that. And if you are at a loss or maybe you draw a blank or you just don't know what impactful things God is doing in your life and those around you, then it's time for you and I just to spend some time with God saying, God, I need and I need and I long and I want to partner with you. Because God, I know that you and I, I have faith in you and you and I are going to make an impact. Here's the reality. There's some of our neighbors that they don't know Jesus in our very cul-de-sac. They know the language. They know how to go through the motions. And because of our culture down here in the South, because church is well known, they actually play the part. Our neighbors need to know of a very loving God that is wanting to make an impact even through their life. That's what we get to do. I love this in Acts. What you're going to see here is not a formula, but you're going to see it over and over throughout the New Testament, through the book of Acts, through Paul's writings. You're going to see man's faith. You're going to see even women's faith and the person, the presence of God doing very powerful things. You're going to see that throughout the entire New Testament. But here in Acts chapter three, it's a story that many of us know really well. You have Peter and John and you have a crippled man. And this crippled man is sitting out in front of the temple and he is begging. He's begging for money. And I'm just gonna start here in verse four. Listen to this. It says, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter, remember I said a minute ago, Peter was the one who was wishy-washy. Before that event in Jerusalem, before the Holy Spirit came on Peter, he was the one who didn't know what up or down was. And here it says that Peter said to him, look at us. I don't know if you're in this place. 
and if you ever lack confidence, but I want to tell you something. The enemy does not want you to be a confident man in Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to be a confident woman in Jesus Christ. God, I want, and listen, I had to do some personal inventory. I want Peter's confidence. You know what God says? He says, Scott, the same person, the Holy Spirit that was giving Peter confidence is so available to you, Scott. And if you're in this place today lacking anything, he's saying, hey, God, or Scott, hey, you, I've given you my presence. I've given you my power. And God, the Holy Spirit, lacks nothing. I love this confidence. I want it. Sign me up for it. He says, look at us. And he says it with an exclamation point. And he says, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. It was their faith colliding with God's power that this man's life was forever changed. I believe because it doesn't go and tell us any more about this, but look at what happens. Peter and John's faith in God, his presence and power changed this man's life forever. He didn't have to go and beg for another thing. If this man had a family, which suggests the reason he was there begging, saying that he probably doesn't have family, his life, even though it was just him, was greatly impacted. Hey guys, I want this to be a place. Why are we here? To partner with the presence of God, but there's people in our life that we call friends that need to be impacted in Jesus' name. We're not here to be routine driven. We're not here to be religious driven. We're not here so that we can feel good about ourselves halfway through the week. We're here to be together in the presence of God in Jesus' name, longing to see what his power is going to do through us. Hey, like I think this thing should be way more loud I think it should be rowdier than what it is us just sitting here. I believe there are people out there in this, these seats this very day that you've partnered with God's presence and your faith in his power have impacted people's life. I'll just ask this question. When's the last time you told someone about the impact of God on your life or someone else's life? Hey guys, the bride of Christ, the church has to be filled with those kind of stories. There's people sitting in this building right this second and they're discouraged. They're like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow or I, oh, my husband's driving me crazy. We have to have stories that tell us about the great power of God impacting people's lives. You know what that word impact means? It means this. It means to have a life altering effect on someone. Hey God, open up the heavens right now and do whatever it is you want to do through us. Hey God, we want to have life impacting stories because God, we promise, promise you God that we're going to give you every ounce of the glory. 
See, these guys right here, they partnered with his presence. They had faith in who God is, and this man's life was changed forever. I guarantee you, Peter and John went and told this story hundreds and hundreds of times. I know the crippled man did. You read the rest of this story. Listen to this. Whether you believe it or not, God is wanting to partner with you this very second. He's wanting to partner with you right now. And your faith in him leads to impacted lives. I know it's been preached so much that it's almost been watered down and it's just become white noise to people in the church. But what I'm here to do today is to wake you up. You have been chosen by God and I don't need you to be a preacher. Somebody sent me a video last night, I watched it. A young man comes and he says, I love the scriptures and I love Jesus and I love teaching. We immediately in the church say, well, you're called to preach. No, you may be a plumber. You actually may be a school teacher. You actually may be a stay-at-home mom. Can I tell you something? He's wanting to partner with you every step you take. You don't have to preach to make impact on people's lives. Actually, I say this, as culture continues to shift, this may be the most least impactful thing we do all week. You are chosen to partner with God to make an impact on everyone you come in contact with. It's all throughout this book. Read it. He partnered with men. God could have done all this without you. Do you know that? He could have. You're saying, so God can just heal that crippled man on his own? Absolutely if he created the heavens and earth in six days, don't you think he can fix somebody's legs? Seriously. But guess this, this is the important part. Instead of God who created the heavens and the earth and life in six days, instead of him just doing this all on his own, he is so loving and so satisfied with you and I that he says, no, I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm going to choose Scott to do this. I'm going to choose you to do this. Guys, what a privilege. He could have knocked walls down in Jericho. At the end of the service, we're going to be praying over Brent and a couple other guys because they're going to Israel at the end of this coming up week. I've been to Israel a couple times. I've seen Jericho from a distance, and it is a flat area. He could have chosen to knock those walls down on his own. But do you know what he did? Think about it. He partnered with men and women and children And he told them to march and in faith, their faith collided with God's power and there was a great impact. I mean, do you know the story in the Old Testament? The Israelites had to cross the Jordan River and it was at flood plain. Like it was at the highest level that it could be. God could have stopped the water from flowing in an instant. He created it. He could have stopped it. But it wasn't until their faith collided with God that the power became impactful. As soon as their foot touched the Jordan's water, the water stopped flowing. You want some more? Here's the thing. He actually chose a little child's meal, just a couple of fish and a couple of pieces of bread. 
God could have fed hundreds of thousands on his own, but he chose something that you and I have been given, faith. And he took the faith of a few men and he fed thousands of people with it. I love this one. I love the fact that God on his own could have healed a man that was lowered down from the roof. He could have low, he could have healed that man, but he, God, partnered with four men who were exhibiting faith in Jesus, and he healed this man. Hey guys, he's wanting to partner with you. Not only so you go about having a good day, but he is wanting to impact not only your life, but the lives around you. He did not call us here to just occupy space. He didn't just put us in this community to have good days. He didn't put us here to be just good people. He put us here to make an impact on everyone around us and his presence. What a privilege. And so when you think about it and you do some inventory, you start to think, hey, like what is happening? Let's just call it like it is and not to be putting down, but to shine light on something. Church, we have a responsibility to be hosts of God's power. We have a responsibility, a calling. So what is it that comes in my way? What is it that distracts me? And I can only give the answer for what God has shared with me, but maybe you will spend some time with him this week and you too will discover, like, why is my life not more impactful in Jesus' name? For me, this is what I said, and I wrote it down. Sometimes we, I, partner with something false rather than partnering with the Father. Sometimes I partner with things that are false. Way more than I partner with God in his presence. See, lies come in all shapes and fashions. Think about Adam and Eve. You know this story back in Genesis. I think it's around Genesis 3. They partnered with something false instead of God himself. And in chapter 3, I think it is, you can look this up and read it for yourself this week. But in chapter 3, for the first time, Adam and Eve hide from God's presence. And God comes and he says, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was and he knew why Adam was where he was. But Adam in the flesh now was hiding from God's presence because he had believed in a lie. And I know that I'm guilty of that. And maybe some of you are that we partner with things that are false instead of God's presence. And I would encourage you this week, write that down. God, what lies, what are false statements or beliefs that I am believing that is keeping me and you from partnering and being impactful everywhere I go. Tomorrow morning when your alarm clock hits and you hit the floor and you head to work, the people around you are to be impacted in Jesus' name. Fact. God help us. 
That's what you and I have been chosen for. And listen, those falsehoods, those lies, they can either creep in. Holy Spirit shed light on some of the lies that have crept in. And I mean crept in on you because when you were six years old, somebody told you you weren't good enough. And you didn't catch it because you were six. See how destructive and conniving the enemy can be. You weren't supposed to catch it when you were six. And it just crept in and it stayed there. And then it grew into this great identity that is not from Christ. Because whoever would lie to a six-year-old and say that you're not worth it is not from God. So they creep in some of those lies. Holy Spirit, shine light on what some of those falsehoods are. Because I want to know it and I want to nail it and I want to shed light on it. And maybe don't wait till tomorrow. Do it this afternoon. Sometimes they creep in and they're so hidden. Sometimes they come crashing in on you. They don't care. And the enemy doesn't care. And it just comes in and causes as much damage as it possibly can. And one in our lives just a couple of years ago came crashing in on me and my wife. See, the doctor had told us that it was not cancerous. And then the follow-up appointment, it was cancer. He didn't care that it came crashing in on us. The enemy wanted whatever to take us out. There may be some lies that have crashed in on you lately. The same power that God gave Peter to be confident through all kinds of storms is the same power, Holy Spirit of God, that he has given to you and I today. So I don't care if it is creeping in, let the Holy Spirit crush it in Jesus' name. And if it's crashed in on you and it's something that you don't agree with and you don't like where you are, hey God, you know the desires of my heart. Holy Spirit, shed light on the lie. I love this. Because if that's you in this place, Maybe you've been told and you're weak. Maybe, maybe you're just at a place where you're at a place that you never wanted to be. And maybe you are feeling weak in this place. Maybe you come in here this Sunday morning and you're like, I'm at the end of my rope. I am weak. Scott Faxarded, you can preach your heart out and spit all over the front row. because That's what I'm doing, but I'm still weak. And you can be honest with yourself and you can tell God that he knows your heart. But I also know this, he knows what you need before you even ask it. I'm just weak, I'm in a weak place. And you're just saying in your mind, you know, I am, I'm tired, I'm weak. I love that you would admit that. God loves that you would admit that this morning. And you know what he says to that? Take a look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. I love this. I have to find it. 1 Corinthians 1, 25. You know what he says? For those of you who may just feel like you're weak, he says this, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the, the what? The weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. You're in here and you're feeling weak this morning. You've bought into a lie and it maybe crashed in on you or crept in on you. I will ask you this. When 
has God ever been weak? He's not. Because the word says that his weakness is greater than man's strength. I love this because it goes on. It goes even further. I want you to look at this, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. Paul's quoting Jesus. He's quoting Jesus when he says this. He says, but he said to me, Jesus said this to Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Look at this. For my power is made what? I got it. You got to do better than that. My power, Jesus says to Paul, my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. So if you and I are maybe even struggling with that and we feel like we are, hey, guess what? The good news is that in our weakness, God's strength is perfect. It's perfect. So you get to take that out of here with you today in your situation. God's strength, his power has been given to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. You and I, on our weakest, his power is perfect. So I want you to make this real for you. Wherever you are, whatever you're facing, whatever's going on, whatever you think the future looks like. Hey, the reality is this. Yeah, sometimes we are weak. Sometimes we are tired. Sometimes we don't know which direction to go. Sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. God, sometimes we don't even know what to think. His strength is made perfect in that state. I told you about my wife. It was 1999. And I had, I had lied to her. I had misled her. I had disrespected her. I had done those things to her. She did not know the life that I was actually living. For the years that we had dated, I had kept a barrier between who I really was and who she thought I was. And once you get married, something happens that God has ordained that you go in a covenant with God and you no longer are two. God says you are one. And as soon as that happened, there was no gap in between who I was and who she perceived me to be. There was no gap. And it was in 1999 when we were first married that she learned who I actually was. I didn't find this out until later, years later. But in her misery, in the gut-wrenching crying in the car, she was waiting for me to do my thing and my profession. She partnered with the power of God. And she prayed for me. She never tried to change me. 
She never tried to make me look bad, feel bad. She was doing her part by partnering with God in the power of prayer. In that car, she would journal and she would write and she would pray. And later on, she told me years later, and I wrote it in my Bible, she told me exactly what she was praying for me. And this is what she was praying. So I'm going to give you encouragement this morning. Maybe you're in this place, and let's just call it like it is. Maybe there's some marriages in this place, and the husbands are just like Scott was in 1999. Scoundrel. Disrespectful, and I won't even continue to go on. But maybe you're in that place, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Here's what you do. You pray, and you trust, and you have faith in God and his power to change people's lives. This is what she prayed right here. It's Ephesians chapter three. Ladies, maybe you want to just take this note and start praying this over your husband. Ephesians three, starting at verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Come on, guys. With power. This is what my wife was praying for me. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, Holy Spirit, in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, that's what my wife would go to our car in a parking lot while I was off doing my thing. That's what she would pray. And it wasn't her that changed my life. It was God and his presence and his power that impacted me. I believe it saved my life. It impacted our marriage and at the time, I didn't even have one child. Now I have four. It not only impacted us, but it impacted every one of our children. God has asked us to partner. And he is so gracious. He says, I don't only want to give you my presence, but I want to give you my power. Why are we here? Because he's asked us to go to this community and show and tell both. That's why we're here. You are a vessel, a chosen person by God to make an impact everywhere you go.